Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are so happy and proud that this episode is sponsored by Butternut Box, a brand that we love for many reasons. As you'll probably already know if you follow us both on Instagram, Butternut Box is a fresh dog food delivery service that delivers straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. The brand started with a rescue dog, which we obviously love, and Betty and Boa have absolutely thrived on it. Butternut Box genuinely care about their dogs and their ethos is that good enough for the dog is not good enough. Dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of quality meat, veg, lentils, vitamins and minerals and don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soy or sugar, all of which are known to cause intolerances in dogs. We haven't been asked to say this, but we wanted to highlight the huge amount of work that Butternut Box do with dog charities. They donate meals to dogs in shelters and they even donate freezers so that the shelters can store the meals. If you would like to try Butternut Box out for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the following link. www.butternutbox.com forward slash Alex and M. Oh my god, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do! Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. <laughs> Hi, Em. Morning, Alex. I can't see no, you. you can't. We're going to start this episode off with a bad. And we're just going to rip the band-aid off, okay? Because I think this might be the end of our friendship and I don't want to drag it out any longer than what we have to do. I did something last night... Um, just because I, I wanted to try it for myself. And uh, if anything, you should take it as a compliment because I was so inspired by you. I was so influenced by you. I bought the product that you bought. And I'm, God, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm nervous to tell you. But last night I tried Heatless Curls, Al. And I have to show you what happened. And I just, I have to preface this by just reiterating my love for you. I just think you're a great person and a great friend. Are you ready? <laughs> Go on, show me. Oh, fuck off, Em. Oh, fuck off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You look like you've been in the hairdressers for like six hours. I'm so sorry. I can't tell you how big the part of me was that wanted it to fail. I'm just, I'm so happy for you. I'm just so sad for myself. Uh, my DMs, Al, it's like, I feel like we're divorcing and the, the, the listeners, the kids are stuck in the middle here. They are devastated. They don't know whose side to take. If I were them, I'd take your side. Look at that hair. <laughs> Bloody oh, I'm hell. I'm so sorry. That's like better than you get with a tongue. Well, if this side went a bit flat. Oh, piss off. Piss off. This side went a bit flat. Oh, go swivel. I'm so sorry. But you know what? I've been thinking about it. I was thinking about it in bed this morning about how I was going to tell you. You can speak French. You can sing. You came second at the football championship. (laughs) There's loads of stuff. And I can't do any of that. I'm completely hopeless with um, kicking. And I can't speak French. And you know I can't sing. So let me have this. I'm thick as shit, but I've got good hair. You have got 
really good hair. Look at that. It looks like Farrah Fawcett hair. Oh, just, it looks absolutely stunning. I have to concede. Absolutely Thanks, stunning. Al. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm so pleased for you. So <laughs> I was so... I, I was crushed. I hid my stories from you on Instagram this morning. I was like... Oh my god! I've been looking. I, 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 oh I'll unblock god. you. But I thought I was like, you know what we always say about like in the morning you have to like set yourself up for a nice day, and it's like you shouldn't do things in the morning that are bad for your mental health. So I hid my stories because I was like, it wouldn't be a very nice thing for Al to see when she first wakes up. It's like let her start a day like seeing Betty, seeing Dave, like have a nice day, and then like she's got some like positive like foundations for the rest of the day. I don't want to just like upset her so early. <laughs> I literally woke up and was like, oh, I wonder how it went. Okay, I've unhidden it. You can go. You're welcome <sighs> back in. It's like, just like these beautiful, luscious locks. I, just, 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 just because I want to celebrate myself a tiny bit and, and I know that this is just salt in the wound and I apologise, but I've never been able to do a hack before. You know, when you see those like hacks and it's like, do this easy thing to like, like people show it for like wrapping presents or like, like putting elastic bands around the buttons of your jeans to make your jeans bigger or like there's always like little hacks in the world that that you see on TikTok yeah. and I, I'm like these are literally here to make me feel like a moron because they surely aren't possible and everyone's like what this easy hack to like change your life and I look at it and I'm like there's nothing about this is easy this is probably the first time I've ever succeeded on following a tutorial like I can't do like the flip with my eyeliner because I follow tutorials and I can't do it this is this is this is the first time a hack's gone well for me I think do you know what I was watching your you sped up the you put you applying it I thought that looks really like good like professional like you did it like how they do it, do it in the well, tutorials. Well, first of all, I watched a lot of tutorials. Second of all, I did it much better on the right-hand side, which I, I this side does look better because I did it really tight. So yeah, yeah, no, there's, room there's room for improvement. There's room for improvement, but first time. as a first fucking go, it's absolutely stunning. Well, well done. Thanks, Al. I'm so happy is for you. Is that now you. your bad too? It is now, actually. Yes, it is now my bad. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's your good, though, no, right? It's my bad. It should be your good. Okay, because, because you've affected, feelings. impacted our relationship. Yeah. yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I know, and and I'm making such good headway on my life in my life's journey of like unpeople pleasing, like learning not to be a people pleaser. But stuff like this, these are the conversations. These are the teachable moments because this is killing me. This is killing me. And I have to keep reminding myself that I deserve to live my life and I'm not responsible for your emotions, but fuck, Alex, it's killing me. <laughs> I am so sorry. It's fine. I, I will forgive, but in the words of Lauren Conrad, I probably won't forget. Do you want um, to put that on a magnet? Would that make you feel better? Someone said, I would quite like that, yes. Someone sent me a DM saying, you need to send Alex a fridge magnet as an apology present. <laughs> Oh my god, so everyone's been seeing this and I've been just not My DMs, Al, are, I've never had anything like it. I had, a, my DMs were my alarm clock this morning. I had hundreds of DMs being like, wake up! Well, you've inspired me to try again. Do it! Try, which you, is annoying. Have you tried dressing gown cord? Um, I've tried all of it. I've tried everything. One thing I haven't tried that I bought ages and ages ago and that I never tried because I was like, this is never going to work, is an octo curl. Have you seen that? No. So it like sits on your head and it looks like an octopus because it's got eight strands coming off. 
and you wrap a piece around all of them. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Please do that. That could be that could be the next try. Did you have another bat now? I did, but it's escaped me because it was obviously nowhere near as bad as this. Fair um, enough. We can leave it. We can leave this. We can just yeah. I think this can be this can to be honest. Be my bad, and the bad also is that you've made me want to try again, and I don't know why because I do not have the hair that you have at all. I have very very thin hair, and it's impossible to do anything, but. I just want that moment of waking up and looking in the mirror and slipping this thing out and like having that slow motion, like flick my hair thing, you know? Like you had this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ha- um, have you anything for me? I have, oh my, my awkward, which I actually didn't get to rectify, so I still feel really uncomfortable about. Um, but we went to a shoot yesterday and it was a Venus shoot. Um, and when I arrived there, I was really flustered because I was late and it was all a bit chaotic and I just was very flustered. Anyway, the guy that greeted me was a producer and he said, hi, I'm Alex. And I said, hi, I'm Venus. Because we were there for the Venus shoot. I don't know where that came from, but I was like, hi, I'm Venus. And then I went, no, 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 sorry. Hi, I'm Alex. And he said, no, I'm Alex. And I said, no, I'm Alex. And then it was, we just stared at each other for a few seconds. And my sister was with me and she was like, are you okay? What was you both that? Alex. I, was like, I don't Share know. It was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, that was my little awkward. Hi, I'm Venus. Like, how embarrassing. I like those moments, though, because that will live forever (laughs) in your head. You'll hate yourself forever because of that, and he will literally never think about it again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's just reminded me of something. That's reminded me of something, too. It might have reminded us of the same thing. I think so. Right, guys. So, you know, well, I don't know know if everybody listens to the Thursday episode. We're just going to, you know, live with our big egos and assume that everybody does. We did the Thursday episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about, or maybe it was last Thursday, about all the embarrassing parts of just being a human being, which are plentiful, as c- case in point by like every single thing that we do and the story that Alex just told. And we basically just went through a massive list of all the things that are just embarrassing for no reason. And yesterday actually was a really good example because we were playing with a football and I was chasing a football, which is one of those things that's just so embarrassing for no reason like why why is chasing a ball is just so embarrassing because like there's just something about it because it's running away from you literally yeah and i kept trying to like because obviously it's me so like i wasn't able to make the ball come back to me or anything like and so i just i was spending you were good out you weren't there when i was doing all the stuff on my own in the morning Um, no but they said you were good I, I got better, but when we first started, there was a, a big crowd for for me, not for me, but there was just a big crowd of people there. For me? Um, for me. <laughs> um, you pulled a big crowd out. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, there was, a, there was, a, there was a quite a few people there watching and I just kept having to chase after the ball. That's probably my fucking awkward. Just like, I was just so embarrassing. And then what, are you trying to get it with your foot? Because at what point do you reach the leg out? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you know when you're close enough to stretch out to get it? Because you've got to stop running. <laughs> and if you miss it that's embarrassing or do you go with your hands in which case running bent over is embarrassing 
It's like, so right, you've got to overtake the ball, really. That's the ideal situation. So then you can stop it with your feet and then bring it back however you want. But the ball's going quite fast. It's just every, yeah, that's my awkward. Everything about that was awkward yesterday. I actually might contact Venus and just ask them for the takes of me just chasing the ball like 50 <laughs> times, just running after a ball going, oh, and really trying to pass it off. It's like fun. Whereas in actual fact, I'm just wasting everybody's lives. Oh my god, anyway, right, so there are just embarrassing parts of being a human being, and we talked about them at length in last week's episode, and we received this email. Hi guys, I'm gonna sound a bit mean and harsh saying this. I'm listening to your latest Is It Just Me episode, and you're talking about being embarrassed by doing very everyday stuff in public, like needing to go to the loo. I just have one bit of advice. No one gives a shit. You've got to stop going through your life overanalyzing every move you make and feeling embarrassed by simple actions like getting a head massage at the hairdresser. Hairdressers will have 10 million clients a day and will not remember you or find giving you a standard head massage in any way embarrassing. No one cares if you go to the loo. They won't even notice. They don't care about you. No one cares who was first with team meeting. Just sit there and make a cup of tea. I know that social anxiety can be debilitating, but this just sounds like an unnecessary overthink more than anything else. You'll be a lot happier And it will be so liberating if you just stop giving a shit about what anyone thinks. You both do a great job of teaching people to be comfortable in their own skin. So extend that to these situations. No one cares what you do. Embody that notion and life will become more open and free. Great work on the podcast. (laughs) 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 But great work on the podcast. She's not wrong. She's she's completely right. She's spot on. (laughs) <laughs> but we read it we were like oh <laughs> okay but I think we know that like we're more just like taking the piss right it's not something that like luckily we don't have social anxiety it's, these things are like you know little things social situations aren't debilitating to us luckily but it's just like little things like human things of be about being a human that just are like a little bit awkward I also and, like, just we know it's that- so unifying it is, yeah. It's just like a bit of a laugh. I don't know. Um, and also, I know, I know, like this all stemmed from the fact that when I was sitting on the ferry the other day, that when the woman next to me went to the loo, I felt like I couldn't go to the loo for 40 minutes afterwards because she'd think that I copied her. And obviously, <laughs> when I say that out loud, it's bonkers. Like, I'm well aware of that. She is not <laughs> going to sit back down and be like, Oh my god! Get your own like, like do your own thing. Like, do, I, ew, who do you think you are? I can't believe this girl has bodily functions as well. Yeah. You, oh my god! Like, what? <laughs> what a loser! Like, Jesus! How unoriginal! Obviously, that's not what's happening. But you, when you're by yourself, you really can like spin into these like, like oh, there's just so many things. In the other day, I was walking with my. I, I, do you know what? This is going to annoy this girl even more. But I just have so I have so many examples of things <laughs> that embarrass me. I went to Whitstable at the weekend and I had to get out the sea. Have you ever got out the sea on a pebbled beach? Mortifying. Yes. Mortifying. Yes, I have. Yes. Are people looking at me? Probably not. Could they be? Could they be thinking, that's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen? Quite possibly. Also, you know, oh, this this should be my bag, actually. My, you know how much I love my chilli bottle? Yeah. Well, it's done me dirty two to three times now where I'm walking along and I've got for any chilli fans out there, I've got the one litre generation two chilli bottle. Love of my life. Absolutely great. Anyway, it's got a little handle on top of the lid. And the other day I was walking in front of all my friends' friends, trying to, you know, my friend, my friends, 
Ellie's mates. I'm trying to be cool, right? Ellie's always been a bit older than me, and she's always had really cool friends. I was trying to be cool, and I was like swinging my little <laughs> chili bottle along with me, and the fucking lid out of nowhere just pings oh, how off. How embarrassing! How embarrassing! And a liter of water just, and the bottle. Listen. <laughs> metal goes down with a clang water goes everywhere everyone goes ooh because we're British I could have died I literally could have died it, it just, that is embarrassing it is embarrassing just being a human being is just so embarrassing everything about everything is just embarrassing do you know um, speaking about the Pebble Beach remind me of years ago we went to we went to the beach loads of us went to the beach I think it was Brighton beach or somewhere near Brighton and we I was in the sea with with someone and I was trying to get out but it was completely pebbled when you can't you know when you can't walk because it hurts so I was trying to do that and then the waves were really bad and they kept crashing into me and I kept going down and getting back up and trying to get out and the wave would crash it I couldn't catch up the wave would catch up with me and then I go down again and I spent about three minutes trying to get out that everyone's everyone's crying laughing at me because i'm like every time i get up i go down very embarrassing that was that has just brought me back out in a hot flush i wonder mm. if i i suspect like we might get a concession from the emailer there to the point that that to to, to concede that that is embarrassing because there are some things that are objectively embarrassing yeah. that's one of them yeah. my granny once got out the sea and she'd lost her bikini bottoms and she hadn't realized oh god oh god love her <laughs> so good um yeah look we know okay we know that this stuff doesn't make logical sense but that's the point whenever I, whenever we talk about this stuff it's illogically embarrassing Every, everything i can think of if i think about it for too long is embarrassing but and i, and I literally yeah. mean everything even breathing can be embarrassing if i think about it for too long Oh, that's topical. It is topical. It is topical, actually, considering today's guest. But everything's embarrassing. And that is just something that you're going to have to accept if you're going to be part of the gang. We're an embarrassment for no no good reason. But, yeah. But it's who we are. What's he good? I hope we have the same good. I think we do. That's all good. That's all good. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. How much did you cry? We sobbed. We oh absolutely sobbed. Oh my god. It was <laughs> unbelievable. 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 56 years and the women's team brought it home. Honestly, we had, I had the best times. So we were watching it on Elle's birthday um, on the 30th and She's never even cared about football. I don't think she's ever watched it. She's one of three girls. She's never been slightly bothered. And the two of us, and she's also nails, you know, like she's she's not a crier. And the two of us were there, like, and, and, I mean, we weren't the only two people watching it, but both of us just like, oh my God. And I, I can't explain, like the tears, the watching the celebrations. It was just one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire existence. I yeah. loved it. I, and I can't, I still can't explain why it's so emotional to me, but I just was, or to all of us, it was just unbelievable. It was so emotional. Like, I, I 
couldn't stop crying and then you know you do like a really like you suddenly realize that you can't catch your breath and you do like a, a choke sob also like, topical <laughs> also very also very topical um guys spoiler alert today's episode is about breathing <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh, it was so good it was just it was just so good and dave was emotional as well which i never thought i'd see because he never gets emotional no wow um, an aquarius man he didn't, he didn't cry but i could see that he was emotional and he was just like this is so fucking cool and i was like this is so fucking cool I, that but was my also, favorite thing was watching it with men i felt sad for germany oh well germany, yeah but germany. that happens that made me cry as well because i was like oh i just feel sad for them but yeah that but they win all the time they do win all the time they do win also, all the time i don't know this with any confidence but i do feel like english football culture is so misogynistic and so rotten that we needed this like for the good of we sexism did. We did. and or feminism and like we really really needed this win and it represents yeah. so much and it's gonna be a legacy on which so much is built and like yeah so like sorry germany but you've we need this thank so. you for letting us have this one no, no they, didn't not let let us, they didn't let us anyone no. have this you know what i mean but yeah, yeah. like but, Just, but yeah, yeah. Thanks. I still feel I still feel a bit sad for you, but that's okay. We we can feel both. That's yeah, fine. I've honestly I've loved this, um, and we did touch on it in like last Thursday's episode, obviously because a lot of the years it just means about like sexist comments and misogynistic observations and what it was like watching the Euros with men and stuff. But I think like putting aside the negativity, I did a big Instagram caption about this, like these men the euros was not for these men like this this wasn't ever about them this was about so much more than that and like that's what this really feels like now like you know we remember after um the world cup how england fans treated their black players who missed a goal like the racism was disgusting the misogyny is disgusting this is the same sport that for Mm. the most part pushes women out of it all the time like i always supported football as a kid and i i've said it once i've said it a million times they always said the same thing to me oh well you think you like football then who's named the whole starting line and who's on the bench today and what's the offside rule and who won the fa cup in 1972 like they it's like you're given a quiz if you even want to be part of it like this is so this was never about them and we don't have to prove anything to these men this was a very different sport very different atmosphere and i loved like i have loved the comments on my instagram post from so many men who were like no it was amazing i've loved seeing all the lads out celebrating i shared something on my instagram earlier this week of like this guy absolutely shit face god knows what time of day it is with a flag on his face <laughs> yeah. like big up the gal then because <laughs> the man then couldn't do it and like <laughs> i've loved all of that Love and it. even watching it with the boys like at the at Elle's birthday and like it was exactly like watching, you know, like football, like I've seen it before, in that when we scored the winning goal, everybody stood up and was like air punching and yelling. Like the guys were like yelling. Yeah. Um, Sarah said she went to work on Monday and three people, three men were like, congratulations. She was like, thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you, I've worked so hard. Yeah, I've made so many sacrifices, thank you. So funny. But I don't know, I, I've loved it from like that perspective so much. Like yeah. just seeing yeah. the the because the, there are bad there are bad apples within football, like football culture can be pretty rotten. But seeing the men that have been in support of this be in support of this has been one. I've loved it. I've absolutely yeah. loved it. 
And like Ian Wright's enthusiasm as well and just how I obsessed he is. I love Ian Wright. Me too. I love him. Yeah, um, and I was like texting yeah. my brother, like, as it like which we never do. You know, we've never had we watch the Grand Prix, so we talk about the Grand Prix, me and my brother and my sister. But in our family WhatsApp group we were talking about the game, like, oh my god, and like when we when England scored, then it's like, fucking yeah, get in and it's like this is the enthusiasm yeah. that he shows for like, you know, his teams and stuff. And it was like it just felt really great to see them them accepting us as as their team somehow so yeah yeah it was really really and it's cool just the start isn't it it really is just the start like well, yeah. god knows where it's gonna end like be five years from now i'm goosebumps again every time i talk I know, about it i just so have cool. goosebumps it was so yeah. great it was so great what a, like what a win what a day what a win what a day shall we go into the episode yeah we need to calm the fuck down going into this thing and deep breath everyone take a deep actually don't take a deep breath yet because you're probably not doing it right (laughs) wait for Stuart to tell you how to do it I was sceptical about this episode when Al suggested it because I think I say it in the episode but breathing always panics me (laughs) again the person who sent that email is going to unplug her headphones and be like for fuck's sake but breathing always overwhelms (laughs) me a bit because I find it like if you focus it's like if you focus too much on walking you can really convince yourself that you're doing it wrong or like if you think too much about drinking you're yeah. like fuck this is weird like if I or focus... if you think about a word too much then it sounds odd oh my god literally it sounds so odd yeah like, like think about the word Portugal yeah weird sounds really like weird. a bird yeah Portugal yeah Portugal yeah it does sound like yeah. a bird or like money. money, money. I always think money, money. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, money is weird. But I know what you mean. The concept. But why is, it, of just why is like... it an individual tooth and then a teeth? I don't. Well, sheep and sheeps. You're right. Everything, anything. Yeah. It's look. I take you to original email. It. It's possible to overthink anything if Everything. you try hard enough. Yes. We, we all put that on. Fr- I'm writing that down. I'm putting that on a fridge <laughs> magnet. You can overthink anything if you try hard enough. <laughs> um. A story I didn't get to tell in the episode was that my little sisters, they were, my sisters, who are, who are the twins, they were in RE class and they were with their best friend in RE class and the teacher said, I don't even know what they were talking about, but the teacher says, said like, try not to like focus on your breathing um, and the twins and their best friend then just started panicking and their best friend literally had to have like two weeks off school after that. Because she couldn't stop, like, thinking about her breathing and panicking, which is, like, so, so bad, isn't it? Like, it's so sad. I get that. But it's a thing. It's, it's, it's very thing. much a thing. I find breathing very stressful. If I overthink it, then I think, oh, God, what happens when I stop thinking about this? How will I carry on breathing? How will I keep on being alive? Because I'm having to think so hard about it right now. So what happens when I stop thinking about it? Like, how will my yeah. body know just to keep breathing? And I get into a real spin about it. Look, oh God, Lucky I'm, it's I'm involuntary. so aware of that email sender listening to this. Oh, I'm embarrassed to tell you that, but it's true. She hates um, us. No, 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 she doesn't. She just thinks we're absolutely ridiculous. Um, which is true. Anyway, so I was a bit sceptical about Stuart coming. just Not because he's not great, but just because I was like, oh God, like... 
I don't want to pick this scab because I feel like once I start picking it, I'll never stop. And sure enough, I've now signed up to go to a breath workshop and like I've bought his book. So I knew this would happen, but I absolutely loved it. And I felt like it was a very useful resource. So I did really enjoy it. I was basically, if you're listening to this feeling skeptical, then you were me and I was proved wrong. So I hope you are too. Okay. So without further ado, here's Stuart Sanderman. Get yourself a cup of tea, get into a nice comfy position and get ready to take a few deep breaths. But let's Stuart teach you how to do them properly and let us know what you think. Hi Stuart. Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Good. How are you guys? Terrified. <laughs> I'm scared that I'm about to realise that everything in my life is a lie. I'm on death's door. I'm, I'm barely, I'm a corpse. I don't know. <laughs> to, we're, ter- we're terrible breathers. We can't catch our breath. Um, so... For a bit of context, we just met literally last weekend at your brother's wedding. Yes. So your brother is one of Dave's mates from uni. And when we were at your wedding, it was actually people on my table were talking about, oh, Roy's brother, Stuart, um, does like breathing stuff. And I like, I love his sessions. Like they really help me with stress and stuff. So I was like, oh, as someone who is like recently converted to breathing. (laughs) (laughs) As a new breather, <laughs> breath work. Well, I'm not not a very good one, but I've recently okay like discovered the power of it. Whereas I always used to kind of like just think it was a bit bullshit. And I was quite cynical. I'm so me, sorry. Me too. Actually. Okay, good. So okay, that's yeah, good. we're on the same boat. Okay, cool. I was a skeptic. I'm yeah. still a skeptic for what it's worth. Great. Okay. Okay. We well, can that's convert good. the skeptics. That's yeah. what I pride myself in. <laughs> that's good. Um, because it is something pretty powerful. So yeah, we then then and I met you and. Um, you told me about your book, Breathe In, Breathe Out. Um, and we found out we've got the same publisher, which is so, so random. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I bought your book and started reading it. And I was like, okay, we need to have him on the show. We need to talk to him. So thank you for being here. You're like uh, wedding crashes, but like for podcast guests instead of like, <laughs> I'm always on, Em. I'm always on. <laughs> networking, networking. I've always got my eyes on the prize. I'm like, who's my next victim for the podcast? <laughs> Who can I get at this wedding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scanning the room. Like the bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you are the founder of BreathPod. Yep. Uh, breathing expert and you have a show on BBC Radio 1 called Decompression Session can you tell us how this all came about for you like how does one become a breathing expert yeah it's it's right I shared him a bit of, I was a bit of a skeptic and, and my like many people's lives takes twists and turns um, it's the last thing I thought I'd ever be doing really would be a breathing expert or helping people breathe I thought I mean a bit like yourself i breathing I think we can all do that we're doing it all day every day um but before becoming or understanding a bit more about breath I was touring the world as a DJ before that I worked in finance before that I was an athlete I was a professional judo player so I've kind of taken a wow. few leaps from a <laughs> it's very diverse yeah a very, a very kind of sports injured then went into went went to university went into finance um, decided that this wasn't the route I wanted to take anymore. Managed to sign some record deals. Music was always a hobby. I went off on this um, kind of wild ride as a, as a DJ and touring and, and producing music. My girlfriend at that time was then diagnosed with terminal cancer. So it really put the brakes on what I was doing and, and started to explore health in every shape and form, looking at conventional treatments for cancer, looking at all the alternatives. At that time, 
I wouldn't have listened if somebody said, oh, just breathe, you'll be fine. Um, I probably would have stuck my fingers up um, mm -hmm. and said, speak some sense. And sadly, that part of the story was she passed away after about 18 months um, battle with cancer, ups and downs, thinking it's going on good, then not so well. And, and sadly, she passed away. And it put me into a bit of a bad headspace, as you could imagine, imagine. Yeah. And I moved back to Scotland. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt I, the weight of my, or the world on my shoulders, a lot of guilt. Should we have done this instead of that? Um, a lot of anger at myself, anger at the world. There's a lot going on. It was kind of outbursts or just complete withdrawal. I didn't want to speak to anybody, do anything. Didn't want to get out of bed. Um, and all that happened was for Mother's Day, I was meeting my mum and something popped up online. I didn't have anything for her and I was meeting her that day and something popped up online on, on Facebook, breathing class. I was like, breathing class, perfect. My mum loves yoga. This would be great. It was for the week after Mother's Day. Quick online buy, go meet my mum with this lovely present. So we went along to this breathwork class and it blew my socks off. And that was it. it. It was a really, really powerful experience, completely off guard. I was grieving, of course, but I felt like my girlfriend was with me holding my hand saying, and I had this like, almost an out of body experience. So much so I thought, I'm either going mad, I've lost the plot completely, or then I thought maybe they spiked my drink before I came in. Um, and that sounds they... like a classic breathwork technique. It, doesn't yeah. like it sounds like just the sort of thing they'd do as you walked in. Yeah. Well, they didn't seem the type. Put it that way. I was like, not sure about that. Or something special just happened just by breathing. And that was what I followed. I thought, let's do a bit more of that. Let's uncover what just happened and try and make sense of what just happened in my own mind. And the more I started to work with that particular way of breathing, initially the more confused I got because I was having these powerful experiences and it, it felt like the weight of grief and the guilt and the sadness and, and it just gave me such solace and allowed me to bring more energy back. I felt more in tune with myself. The voice in my head was kinder to me. Um, I was sleeping better. All the, these kind of like tick, tick, tick boxes. And then I was like, well, what else can we do with breathing? Why has no one ever taught me to breathe? Why did no one teach me to breathe when I was um, anxious before gigs or when I was stressed out working in finance or when I was training to be Olympic champion or even through school or anything? I thought, like Breathing is quite important and it's linked to how we think and feel. And it, it has this amazing ability to work with our emotions and clear out our emotions. So that's what, I, it was initially just a big self-discovery that, wow, this is really quite special. And the more I worked with it, I often find that with different facilitators, it's something that's transformed them. And they're like, the world needs it. Yeah. I need to go and share this with others. And that was certainly the case with me. It was something that initially helped me through grief, but then I realized, wow, there's way more than just this context, which I didn't even think was a context of breathing. It was like therapy without words for me. And that was it. I, I kind of got so excited about breathing that I went off to find out as much as I possibly could and learned the very sort of scientific side of application, how breath flows, the mechanics of breaths, the chemistry of breath, what that means, how that interacts with our emotions, how we can take control of it to control our day. But also um, 
then this kind of more magical side that is harder to quantify, which is to do with well, what happened in my sessions, my early sessions? How did, was that real? Was that not? It helped me through grief. Can it help others? Um, I'm going through a kind of, in the book, I talk about this research project I've been, that I've been ongoing to try and uncover that. And then the other aspects that's really me- measurable is the sports side, which I get excited about um, because it's all about performance and um, and improving performance for not just athletes, but anybody that wants to. You mentioned you you did the marathon, but if somebody is doing uh, any kind of sporting context, we can improve their breathing to improve their fitness. Oh my God, my breathing so when I run is so bad. It's embarrassing. I had surgery last year because I couldn't breathe through my nose. So you know when everyone says like, breathe through your nose and out through your mouth. And for years when I tried breathing, I was like, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, this is stupid. But I didn't realize I couldn't do it. I just thought that breathing through your nose was shit. I was like, I don't seem to be getting the most out of this. I'm just going to keep breathing through my mouth. And I mean, years, you know, they tell you at school, like, breathe through your nose. I don't know why they tell you that, but they just did. And I just couldn't breathe through my nose. And it's only after I had the operation. And I ran, I did two mar- three marathons and an ultra marathon with, that, with the nose thing. And then after my surgery, I was like, I was like, oh my God, and now I can breathe through my nose for the first time ever. I'm like, this is amazing. I still forget that I have that available, so I don't use it much. But it's fun when I remember it. I'm like, Whoa. interesting. <laughs> it's really, really amazing. I think you shared, was it a deviated septum? Was it a structural issue? It actually wasn't. It. I had my jaw broken. So my top jaw had moved forward. I knocked my head when I was a kid. <laughs> Explains a lot. And um, <laughs> really my, top, my top jaw was seven millimeters forwards basically and it was pushing into the airway going into my nose so they had to break it back they had to break my top jaw into three pieces and reset it back basically Mm. and put it seven millimeters back again yeah and then when i came out and now i've had a bit of problem I've had a massive problem in that my sinus wall exploded on this side. So I've got like, I'm going to say too much air because when I breathe in sometimes through my right nostril, it gets a bit cold up in there. But it's pretty cool. Like having this, it's like, you know, not being able or not having, I didn't know that this was something that I could have had. So now I've got it. I'm not taking it for granted. I just don't really know what to do with it yet. Like I always forget my mouth is closed and I can still breathe. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm like, oh my God, because I never would have been able to do that before. Which yeah, is probably why I always have my mouth open, looking gormless. <laughs> well, I think as well, because we're doing it twenty thousand times a day, we form a habit. Is that what it is? is that how many times we breathe in a day? Yeah, it? roughly oh. speaking, depends on the obviously the speed of that. But if we are our nose is designed, <laughs> our nose is designed for breathing. It filters the air, gets the perfect moisture and temperature to your lungs, flushes mm. the air with nitric oxide, which opens up our airways, but it regulates our breathing as well because our nostrils are much smaller than our mouth so that we feel calm and relaxed. If you are breathing through your mouth, it's maybe a bigger, a, a quicker fix of air, but it's the mouth breath is what we would use in those times of need. So if we stepped off the pavement onto the road and a car or a bike was whipping around the corner towards us, we'd... <gasps> Yeah, it would mouth. be weird if you did that through your nose. Yeah, it wouldn't quite happen. So the mouth breath links to our stress response. Wow. So you'll find that people who breathe through their mouth are more susceptible to feeling a little bit stressed. This makes a lot of sense for my entire existence. Yeah. What I like to do when I work with groups or individuals or people and, and what we talk about a lot in Breathe In, Breathe Out in the book is it's like detective work. What, how are you breathing right now? And what does that say about how you're thinking, feeling, behaving, acting, performing? And understanding that each way of breath is sending a different signal to our brain. 
about our environment, both like external environment, what's happening around us. Are we standing in the middle of the road or are we um, in our internal environment? What's going on in our mind? So if we're breathing through our mouth a lot through the day, it's, it's in essence telling our mind that we're standing in front of oncoming traffic. And the unconscious mind, the bit that works in the background, doesn't know the difference between our thoughts, so our internal environment, versus our external environment. It triggers the same response. So you'll find um, that a lot of people who maybe talk a lot as well, they'll talk, 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 talk. <sighs> big gas of air through their mouth and talk, 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 big gas of air through the mouth. And we form these habits and the, the habit can be muscle memory, but it also can actually be to do with the chemistry of our body and the chemistry of how, how our breath interacts with chemistry. Because our breath is, um, is much to do with carbon dioxide, if not more than oxygen. Obviously, we need to get air into our body and lungs, but it's carbon dioxide that triggers our brain to breathe. So when carbon dioxide increases, that's what tells our brain to take a breath. It's not lack of air, that happens way later. So if we are, the other flip side, if we're breathing through our mouth a lot, we're burning off carbon dioxide quicker. So we drop carbon dioxide, which means our body becomes a little bit more alkaline because carbon dioxide is acidic and the body doesn't really like veering too far out of its pH range. So it holds on to acidity. We don't get rid of it when we go to the loo. So we then reset ourselves at a rate of breathing. Does that make sense? Right. I know a lot of yeah, information yeah, yeah. there, a lot no, of no, kind yeah. of science, but we reset ourselves at a faster rate of breathing because we, in essence, become more sensitive to a change in carbon dioxide. So we get stuck in these patterns of breathing. And that pattern of breathing is just ringing alarm bells all day to our brain and body that we're maybe under stress. So taking some of that information and for yourself as well, if, if you had an accident and then breathe through your mouth for a long time, then it's likely that you would reset your whole system at that new rate of breathing and that new style of breathing using your mouth to breathe. So that even when you have the operation, it's really important that you start to rehabilitate using your nose. And I'd even say trying to run using your nose. Mm. I do, as I do it, I try and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, cause I actually breathwork was really, ooh, sorry, breathwork was really important for me when I started running. My husband's like really into his, like he does Iron Man and stuff, like he's a tank. And nothing seems, he doesn't seem to find anything difficult, which is so annoying. But whenever we used to run together and he really like got me into running and like train, trained me into my running. And he always said, just breathe like you're walking, which I was sort of so stupid. I was like, I'm not fucking walking though. Like I'm running and this is killing me and whatever. And he always said, breathe like you're walking. And it's probably the best piece of advice I ever got because it basically slowed my running down because I wasn't, because I had to, if I wanted to breathe like I was walking, but it also made me think about my breathing and made me slow my breathing and it really helped. And then from there, I was able to pick my pace back up kind of in line with how fit I actually was rather than pushing my body, I guess. But um, yeah, still now, instinctively, like I I'm, I was all right. I, I'm not a breathless runner particularly because I like to be able to chat as I go. Um, but yeah, I still forget that I have my nose available. Is it better when you're exercising to you to use your nose? Yeah, as much as you can. And and it's more challenging, of course. But what happens over time, which what you shared, what your the advice for your boyfriend was very good. Mm. I often He'll say to people <laughs> Yeah, tape your mouth up. 
No. It looks a bit weird when you're running in the street with the mouth taped. People think, yeah, don't use duct tape. What's he yeah. running from? <laughs> yeah. 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 All you need to do is put your hands behind your back and throw the police <laughs> the vehicle. Yeah, you might get some funny looks. Yeah. But um, no, uh, literally, I do that with a lot of athletes. Tape the mouth up and train. It forces the nose to do its thing. But what actually happens is our tra- training, our fitness is to do with aerobic respiration, which is using oxygen from the air to create energy. Then we have anaerobic respiration that you've probably heard about, which is using our own glucose stores to create energy, which is less efficient and creates lactic acid as a, as a result. So our muscles get sore. So for instance, if we're running and we are not very fit, that we won't get oxygen quick enough. So we'll switch to anaerobic respiration and then we'll get sore legs and sore muscles. But if we can start to push our aerobic threshold, then we can just keep on going like Forrest Gump for as long as we need to um, because we're getting enough energy from the air that we breathe. And that's something that we can work with. That's to do with EPO production in your body. And that sounds very technical, but it's um, how we create hemoglobin, how we can improve uh, the red blood cell count in our body as well. And it's a really, really effective way. I often say to people, just go as far... Go as far as your nose breath will take you. And if that means coming down to a walk when you get to that hill or not being able to sprint around your run, forget about the time. Just train your nose to breathe as much as possible, especially if you're going distance running. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, really, really interesting way to look at it. So I thought it was it was you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, but is that not the case? Is it just best to breathe with your nose in and out as much as possible and kind mm. of... Forget the mouth. Yeah, no, I, I get asked that question a lot. I was actually talking about in-breath. In-breath only through your right. nose. Out-breath, we can use nose or mouth. The out-breath, okay. the nose just captures moisture and heat on the way out. It also slows the rate at which we breathe, so we do feel a bit calmer. So day-to-day, when we're breathing through our nose as much as possible. But now, like, we're chatting. So you're breathing out through your mouth as you make an audible speech. Are you really yeah. good at breathing all the time now? Yeah, I'm wondering like, that. So when you go to like these breath sessions, obviously you're really good at breathing in the breath session because it's probably guided, right? When you leave the breath set, and probably for you now, obviously like it's your life. So are you just really good at breathing all the time or do you still have to concentrate? Because I'm really good at breathing for like the two breaths that I take. And now fuck knows what's happening because I'm speaking again and it's anarchy. Like, yeah. can you just, are you just like super good at it all the time? No, I think everyone's human. Life still happens. And and what's interesting about breath, we kind of t- t- talked about the sports context, is it links, it's linked to how you feel. So when we're laughing, our breath starts to move. If we're crying, it starts to move. If we're stressed, we create tension in our body and our breath starts to um, contract as well. So, I mean, we go through all these different emotions throughout our life and our breath flows, ebbs and flows with those emotions. I've certainly got better at letting my breath flow through emotion, which is another big thing I talk about in Breathe In, Breathe Out, is how do we get better at feeling? Because a lot of the time we hold our breath and contract our breathing to stop ourselves from feeling. So we hold back the laughter or we hold back the tears or we hold back the anger and we hold on and we don't allow ourselves to breathe through it. But the natural cycle of emotion, which is energy emotion, actually just takes it whole. It's like a 90 second process from reacting to whatever that is that's emoting and allowing ourselves to feel it 
which, and that feeling process is a move and an expansion of our breath. Nine times out of 10 in our modern world, we go, oh, it's not appropriate right now to (laughs) laugh and scream or have a tantrum and like a toddler in Sainsbury's. Um, I mean, I give it a go, but yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And allowing ourselves to get better at feeling, which is really allowing our breath to flow as much as possible. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. So back to your question, am I really good at breathing? I'm very aware of my breath when it's flowing, when I feel constricted, when I feel stressed, feeling that tension and taking a moment to then go, I need to go and actually just do a couple of breaths. And it only takes a couple of breaths. That's the nice thing. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like, right, I need to go and sit cross leg for 20 minutes and do, you'll notice a difference in one breath, breath cycle. And that's, I feel that awareness I've got really good at. But I'm the same as anybody. You, Sometimes you'll get anxious before a public speaking event or a radio show or something and your breath, because you're feeling anxious, you're thinking anxious thoughts. Oh my God, am I going to be good? Or what's going on here? And the thought is triggering your body like the tigers in the room. So that still happens for me a lot of the time. The mind might jump in and start, throwing another anxious thought in there or catastrophizing or worrying or thinking about the past or the future and causing our body and breath to tighten up as a result, um, which is all just to do with safety. Like our body and brain is always want the best for us. It's always trying to keep us safe and alive. And it does its best it can with information that is given. And if that is the anxious thought saying, oh my God, it's, it is like the being in the bus lane or um, being having a tiger in the room. But in that moment, we can start to use our breath to calm ourselves down. And yeah, that's really what I help people do and, and like giving them tools and techniques for the tool belt to manage their day, to take control of their day, to empower them to make a positive change so they don't have to be gripped or controlled by the world around them, they can take a bit of control of the day. And then understand that we can actually work through some of these deeper aspects as well. Can I ask, when I do the deep breath, like if I sit and try and focus on my breathing, it makes me feel anxious in my tummy. Why is that? Do you know, or is that just a me thing? (laughs) Like as I sit here- I know what you mean. Because then I think, 
what should I, and I'm an overthinker, but I'll, I breathe in through my nose and I go, I'm like, okay, I'm doing a deep breath. And then, but then I think, I think I'm panicking that I haven't got anything to think about or like, am I thinking the right thing? Or am I doing, I can't quite work out what the thoughts are, but as I, as I try and focus on my breathing, I find myself probably more inclined to panic. I feel calmer in my head, but my body is like- I know what you mean. It's, 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 it's kind of like a, I can't catch my breath yeah. situation. Yeah. Cause suddenly when you're thinking about breath, then yeah and then I'm like what's gonna happen when I stop doing this did you do your uh, this is on topic but did you do your audiobook did you yeah yeah it? yeah so I did mine and it was chaos it was actual chaos I was like on the verge of a panic attack almost the whole three days because you're suddenly aware of like I can't keep going into the microphone so then you're thinking about your breathing and then suddenly I was like I I can't catch my breath like whatever I'm doing I, I can't catch it and every 15 minutes I'd have to stop and do like a breathing exercise to try and mm. calm it down. But yeah, it, it's it's that like thinking about it and then being aware of it. I think being aware then suddenly makes you feel like, oh my God, I can't catch it. Yeah, so a couple of things there, just being aware of your breath and coming back to your breath, you will, depends how you're breathing. When you did your deep breath there, you're, it looks like you're a chest breather. Yep. Um, that which be about right. Yeah, which, again, I talk a lot about in the book, like finding your breathing archetype. Everybody breathes in different ways, and there's a reason for that happening. Yeah, you're definitely a chest breather. So what do you... What yeah, so, so we'll... we'll <laughs> Am I we'll, going to be okay? <laughs> we'll fix that quite quickly, hopefully. Okay. No, we will fix that. It's quite easy to fix. If we're breathing in our chest, it's a shorter, uh, shorter shallower breath. It's the breath we will take again back to that kind of stressful breath. <gasps> When we're gasping for air, it's just a quick fix, quick hit. Um, we're going to be using your diaphragm to breathe as much as possible. So that was kind of the observation there. Bringing awareness to your breath as well might just, you, you shared that you are an overthinker or worrier in that sense. And you're probably used to that train of thought just moving the whole time. So that stillness then just creates another thought. Yeah. And we're thinking, what well, am I going to get this? So there'll be a, a, a link between the stillness of that and getting comfortable with it, but also the mechanics of how you're breathing and what's that, what that signal is saying. For yourself with um, the audiobook, I wasn't in the room, so I wouldn't know exactly, but just my observation of you chatting and breathing right now without doing a full analysis. But <laughs> I'm you, enjoying this, by the but way. You, yeah, you, you breathe through your mouth in between your sentences, which I'd say nine out of 10 people do right. when they come through the door, which is... Fine throughout your day, but if you're doing an audiobook, is a lot of talking, maybe a couple of days, full days speaking. And the likelihood is you'll talk, 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 talk. So you'll start to hyperventilate. You're bringing, you're, you're shifting the chemistry of your body. It starts to feel a little bit weird. It feels exhausting. It's like you've been running from the tiger for eight hours that day as you've been speaking. Plus you're wanting to get it right. So there'll be a mental aspect as well. But if you breathe in through your nose and then talk out through your mouth and then breathe in through your nose and talk out through your mouth, not all the time, it's quite, yeah, and then carry on talking. It feels really, really weird when you switch. Yeah, it does feel weird. Can you breathe in through your nose and talk at the same? I'm going to try. Can, nope. no, <laughs> no, that's, but that's, I mean, most of the time, unless you get excited and you want to get your point across and you get a bit excited, start mouth breathing. When I say breathing through your nose, I'm talking about just your in-breath. So in between... Sentences, you breathe in through your nose, carry on chatting, breathe in, carry on chatting. So it's 
retraining ourselves to breathe, especially if you do, if you've got a job where you talk like, like a podcast, or if you work in sales, or if you on the phone a lot, if you are doing an audiobook, you're going to be speaking a lot and it get it gets really taxing and tiring, especially if we're kind of breathing in our, our mouth the whole time through it. But if we can breathe through our nose and learn ourselves, teach ourselves how to do that, which again, it's habit that we've maybe had from a very, very young age. We might have even learned those bad habits from our teachers, our parents, our carers. Um, so yeah, it's really uncovering what is making me feel this way? What is happening with my breathing? What is my breathing archetype? And can I um, notice when I fall into these different breathing archetypes through different times in my day? When I'm at rest is the first place to start because if it's, if it's out of whack at rest, it'll be out of whack in other spaces. How am I breathing when I'm at work or chilling or how am I breathing when I'm sleeping? How am I breathing when I'm engaged in exercise? And the likelihood is if we're, got tension in our body, either because of a habit or could be a clothing choice. It could be um, just tension. If we're not using our diaphragmatic muscle, then it's just gonna freeze up like any other muscle. So for yourself, it's really about getting your breath right the way down. How? How? How, please. How, okay. You're sitting up straight. Is that a prerequisite? Posture nudges us. Yeah, posture (laughs) nudges us into certain categories for sure. If we're sat hunched, if we're sat at our desk, if we're in the car all day, the likelihood is um, that our breathing will collapse slightly. Okay. Could be your clothing choice. If you've got really, really tight belts or jeans or even tight bras um, for women, it might be um, constricting our breathing in some way. Looks like you're not breathing at all over there. I now. know. <laughs> I'm really able to the context, guys. Em and I are literally sat up like but straight I'm, as dominoes with all I'm not our breathing legs at all. I'm not I've breathing. been trying as you were talking to breathe into my tummy and I mean really trying and it's just, I can't. Like I can, like okay. it's in yeah. my chest. Yeah. This so, is when I get panicked. I'm like, oh my God. So you, <laughs> I'll call the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to get our diaphragm engaged. So we can start off just to see if this works. Place your hands on your belly. And now breathe in to your hands and your belly so they rise before your chest, into your nose. Okay, that was good over there. You're still chest breathing. Okay, that's- I don't know how to do it. I'm really panicking. I've got to calm, calm down. Don't panic because it's actually, this is, I'm so, I get so excited because you're gonna, once we nail this, you're going to feel calmer. You're going to have more gonna energy. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be... I want all these things. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's going to really affect your running yeah. in a good positive way. Okay. Um, because it's a primary breathing muscle. It doesn't fatigue like your intercostals, your chest muscles that you're yeah. overusing that are t- too small to take that, that 20,000 breaths every day. Imagine breathing into your hips. Let's try this first of all. Imagine breathing into your hips. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's moving a little bit more now, but still your chest is is still coming up. So you might just have a bit of a tight, paralyzed diaphragm. So we need to get that. Diaphragm's up here, is it, or is it down there? No, the diaphragm is the primary breathing muscle and it separates your chest from your lower torso. So if you imagine your rib cage as a birdcage, Mm -hmm. okay, inside that birdcage, you've got your lungs, you've got your heart. The diaphragm is the base of the cage. So it's right across the, it's a massive muscle, runs right across the whole body. 
and it connects to your rib cage just underneath it. So right the way down down here. So I'm kind of grabbing underneath my rib cage. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to just massage some of that tension out. So this doesn't feel comfortable, just to let you know. It will feel a bit tight oh, and tender. So <laughs> let's start just one side. So we can get our left hand on our left under our rib cage. Just hook it round, even a bit further. No. It's yeah. Closed. And then from there, breathe in, but try and breathe into your pubic bone. So we're kind of exaggerating that movement, but breathe into your pubic bone. And it's probably feel a bit of tension there. So we're just massaging out that tension because if you've not been using your diaphragm, it's just going it, to, it's like if we haven't stretched any other muscle, you know, everything just gets tight and sore. Yeah, so I can literally feel knots on the muscles going around there. Yeah, so we want, you want to just hold it there, keep your hand in the, in the point of tension and breathe into that. And it will feel painful and a bit uncomfortable and then just work your way down one side. It's actually opening up a little bit now. I, I can see it. It does feel like when you've got like tight muscles and you rub, like yeah, yeah, that's what it feels. So breathe in, but concentrate. Oh, breathe. Yeah, that was opening there as well. Good. And then work. Ah, it's it's opening up. You're, you're, I can see your breath opening into your lower torso. I can feel the difference in there. I can't get it so much up here. And then going yeah. down the other side. This side will be better. My left side's all fucked up. And let go. So it is something that you need to practice. If you if you are stuck in a breathing archetype, or a, I call them holding patterns often as well, because there's a reason that your diaphragm's closed down. Mm. Now, it can be habitual over time, just breathing in your, using your chest muscle, which is that stressful breath. So at some point, it might be the stressful job. That stressful day becomes a second stressful day, becomes a third stressful day, becomes a week, becomes a month, becomes a year. And we just get that becomes the normal pattern of breathing because it feels easy and the the um, chemical balance, it's working it's good. Working. That's so cool. And that was like, what, a minute? That's really cool. Yeah. So once we switch, that, switch it and get your breathing with your diaphragm, it's going to change. It's going to be way, even, even way better. Some of the research we did um, at Olympic level, like work with the Olympic rowers, I worked with the Olympic judo team, I worked with um, Olympic gymnasts, uh, some of the UFC fighters as well that are still competing in the UFC at the moment. And I get so excited by this stuff because they're top level athletes. And sometimes I've gone in and gone, whoa, you're not breathing right. And the level of increase, usually at that level, they're looking at these little, little bits. How can we get 1% here or 1% there? How do we fix this? The the bicycle just to get that little bit bit faster flow and like rugby sevens i worked with the u.s rugby sevens teams as well and research has shown that when we work with some of this stuff we can increase repeat sprintability so that level to keep on going like the bleep test up to 30 percent wow 30 percent which is like i'm like i get so excited about it because we can cool. potentially reach these superhuman yeah. uh, moments when we make sure we're maximizing the way that we're breathing both the mechanics the chemistry of that but also pushing like your vo2 max will go through the roof the thing is you, you'll probably notice a massive decrease in performance initially oh good <laughs> 
initially. So don't be worried by that because it might, it will take maybe like four weeks to learn and get your body to adjust to this new way of working and breathing. And so it might even feel, because you're used to that quick fix, you might even feel like you're not getting enough air when you start to breathe with your diaphragm or through your nose, you might have that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, I feel like I'm not getting enough air, feeling um, like almost constricted or claustrophobic in our own body. And that's actually just because carbon dioxide's increased and the brain's kind of screaming at you to take a breath. God, I really, I've, self-awareness has gone through the roof today. <laughs> you know, you said before, like, so like my entire body is a stress response the whole time just to life it's just how I exist and I actually kind of thrive on it in like probably not breathing I probably won't live very long but I kind of like operate quite well with like perpetual anxiety mm. which is fine and I don't mean like I, I used to have very bad anxiety then I had life coaching and I feel very calm oddly but I still kind of exist as quite like a I can't sit still I don't sit still I like moving and doing and so so we can you can keep all that bits that you think is like getting stuff done and working being motivated getting up and go but we can amplify that and create a lot more flow in your body and your mind that perpetual anxiety state is it will be held because of your breathing as well so working with your breathing to start to release these holding patterns, releasing the tension in your shoulders, releasing the tension in your diaphragm, you'll start to feel a lot more grounded. You'll start to feel um, more balanced physically, mentally, and emotionally. How do you get your shoulders down? Because they won't go down. Yeah. So when you breathe out, just let them drop. And, but don't pull them up when you breathe in as well. So just keeping them relaxed. Breathe out through your mouth, slow. Relax them further, That's further. It. That's where they go. Okay. I think they're just... So again, we, we, where we hold tension can also be linked to our past. And that is where, that this is the stuff that I find I get so excited and, and interested by. Because where we hold tension is our body's um, safety mechanism as well. And so for something like your diaphragm, I was saying it could be the habitual chest. It could be the, when we get a fright... <laughs> We, we, our diaphragm tightens up. So you even find it in a big city like London, siren goes past. What happens? <gasps> we go like this. Yeah. So you get these shock, you get this fight or flight response throughout your day until it just tightens up. And then that becomes normal. And we're in this kind of heightened alert state the whole time, which is tiring for the body. It's exhausting for the body and it isn't sustainable as well. So for yourself, working out, Spending a couple of minutes a day, probably in the morning, to work out that tension, make sure your, your breath is starting to flow down. It started to move already, which is like, let's have a celebration yeah. about. But if you practice that for like every day for a month, your your muscles start to move and you'll start to, to flow. Sometimes we can be holding on or our diaphragm's completely closed down or parts of our body have closed down because of a, an experience from our past. So... For myself, this is what the big revelation for me with breathing. I shared my story earlier. Now, to most people, I was breathing quite well. My diaphragm barely was out. I was breathing in and out my nose-ish, but I had zero breath. The secondary muscles weren't moving at all for me. My whole chest closed down. Now, my whole chest is closed down because of grief. I didn't want myself to feel 
my unconscious mind said, don't feel this. This is not, we don't want, A, we want to protect you from feeling, but B, my conditioning, my brain had been conditioned from a young age doing martial arts, growing up in Scotland, teddy bear was called tough Ted. I had this whole notion of strength or big boys don't cry. So when I went, went through the grieving process, it was anger or withdrawal. There was no tears. I didn't cry at all. Whereas at once I started to open my breath up into that space, I had this huge, big cathartic release and my breath started to open and flow. So we'll find using that example, where you're holding tension. So for yourself, tension around the diaphragm, tension around here, not breathing into the lower torso, there might be a reason for that happening. And it might be an event that's happened as an adult, but most likely whatever that is, will link back to our childhood. What happened between zero and seven when we're making sense of the world around us. It's like, and breathe and breathe out, I talk about like we download our manual on how to operate in our world. So if we're downloading this manual on how we operate, and we all have to download that manual to make sense of the world that we live in. But we start to create these things that will tell our brain to react a certain way in a situation. So I often talk about the tiger coming in the room. We see the tiger, we hear the roar, and we the fight or flight kicks in and we run to safety or we try and fight it off or we freeze completely. But if that tiger was a dog, some people might be excited by a dog and some people might be petrified by a dog. And that's down to their human experience. What happened to them younger or did a dog bite them or bark at them? Why, what's made them scared of the dog? And why do they then react that certain way? So that's a very basic example, but we can have experiences in our life that kind of create who we are and it's all linked to how we breathe and how we hold our breath so it's I just find it so fascinating because when we can start to understand well what how am I breathing where uh, am I holding my tension in my breathing cycle and when you start to release it then you start to create more um, flow in your life. You create more energy, you create more calm, You and everything else falls, falls into place. You find a bit more flow throughout your day. The end of the day, you sleep well. Um, you digest your food better because you're not in this stress state either. So it's, it's kind of this full circle piece of understanding the link between our breathing, what's going on for us, and how we can use our breath to uncover um, maybe some of our past so that we can kind of optimize our day moving forward. Mm. It's it's fascinating. And what I find so interesting as well is how skeptical we all are, mm. like human beings are of something as very I'm simple so as breathing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the same as you, I've suffered with anxiety all my life. And when I was old enough to go to the doctors about it and I was having panic attacks and then he printed me off a sheet that it was like breathing exercises and I obviously discarded it and at various points throughout my life people have said try breathing I'm like how can something that is so feels so debilitating and feels so all-consuming to me how can that be managed or tackled by breathing or and like doing, doing something that I'm doing all the time anyway like shut up that's stupid you know like I took absolutely no no notice of it and yeah and, and recent and, and like I said it's like 
very surface level what I've been doing. I, I literally downloaded an app and I was doing this, just this like three minute thing where you like breathe in, hold, breathe out. And the power of that, and I mean, initially I get that, like, I can't do this, I'm too anxious for this. And then if I find like I can just hold on and keep going, then suddenly it's like, that is so powerful. Yeah, and, and that's, the, again, it's the science of our body. It's to do with the nervous system. And uh, when you breathe in, you switch yourself on. It's like energy in. When you breathe out, your body switches off. So... When you are feeling anxious, the alarm bell has gone off. Your body is just trying to get more air into your body so that you can run, fight, fight and get out of danger. But if we realize that there is no danger, the danger is the to-do list, what I've got to do today, what I should have said, what I could have said. Oh my God, look at my diary. Or what are people going to think of me today? Whatever it is that our mind just goes into that kind of ne negative spiral about, which is kind of human nature, again, to keep us safe. We're kind of wired with negative bias. But in those moments, having that nice, long, drawn out breath like you practice on your app is, um, it's like just turning the off switch. Our body goes from sympathetic stress mode into parasympathetic rest mode. Mm. And we start to feel calm. But then it's in that moment that the, the brain pipes in again with another thought and goes, <laughs> oh my God, no, and, um, whatever it is. And so we just need to carry on a couple of rounds, a couple of rounds, and then just start to feel that sense of safety in your body and mind. And the anxiety starts to, to move or, or starts to at least reduce yeah. in those moments. Can I ask about the hold breath? When you hold your breath, is that a good thing to do when you're practicing breathing, to breathe in and then hold it and then release? Does that serve any purpose, the holding? Yeah, so breathwork exercises are really about the chemistry like chemistry, nervous system, and when we breathe in and hold, then we're allowing carbon dioxide to increase. Yeah. So if you are having a panic attack, you know, the kind of old school traditional way was breathe into a paper bag. Yeah. Yeah. And that is because we end up changing the chemistry. We're letting carbon right. dioxide increase again. Because if you've hyperventilated because you're panicking, <laughs> if we breathe too fast carbon dioxide drops and then we might faint or we start to tense up. our whole body sometimes cramps up completely in those moments of panic is that why we get tingly and your face gets tingly and is that the face yeah it's, it's respiratory alkalosis it's called uh. when the body becomes so alkaline the face gets tingly mm. we and then it spirals more panic because we feel out of control of our body so that's why breathe in hold the hold will just allow the natural balance of carbon dioxide to increase again. Yeah. The nice long drawn out breath will tell the body and mind that you're safe. And then just con continuing that practice. I often say um, like breathing for four, hold for four, out for eight is my go-to yeah. for stress, anxiety. Okay. I mean, I still use that on a daily basis. Okay. You know, you're saying, you must be great at breathing. I'm like, well, life still happens. We still um, have moments in your day that you feel like the days kind of jumped in and overrided how you were feeling or interacting in that moment. Is there any point in doing, I'm feeling very like aware that I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> is there any point in doing like the, the breathe and hold thing if I'm still chest breathing? Or does it only work if you're getting it into your tummy, into your diaphragm? It will still allow you to slow the rate of breathing. So it will help for okay. sure. But we, because some of the fixes will be really quick. Yeah. Like for some people, 
So just start breathing down here and it will happen straight away. Other times it takes a bit longer. It really depends on what has caused and when you have started to breathe that Do way. Do I have to work out what's caused it or can I just fix it? The nice thing is you don't need to work out. And that's that's the good thing about breathing is we can just fix it. We can just like go in and fix it. But what tends to happen if it is an emotional component that why you've held that is you usually have to feel that emotion. What tends to happen is it happens all by itself when we start to breathe into that space. So often I'll find that when we start correcting someone's breathing, they feel that could be laughter. They've held their breath there because when, as a child they were told um, to be seen and not heard or um, not to find things funny. So they've held on and they've not allowed themselves to feel that laughter. Or it could be tears or it could be something That's else. That's what I, it's very deep from whatever day it is but I feel oddly emotional trying to breathe through my tummy like as I do it I'm like I feel like I could cry which is really strange yeah it's really weird like, um, and what's then the natural reaction when you feel like you'll cry <laughs> shut down shut down yeah. hold your breath okay so we worked it out so I could just fix that this so is I a safe just, space I, mean, I just cry. have to breathe and cry Breathe. Okay. <laughs> breathing. Breathing. It's funny. I, I, I'll get home and Alex will be like, what's wrong with you? I'll just be sitting at home like sobbing I've been breathing, and breathing. Alex, I've been breathing. I've been breathing. And that's, yeah, it's, it's about breathing into the space that you've closed down and allowing yourself to let go of whatever that is that's caused you to hold on. Mm. And that is really amazing and really, really empowering because once you let go, it happens really in, quick. You have that big cry or sob or that big laughing moment and the breath just goes, it's like- I wish it was a big laugh. I want a big laugh. I yeah, don't want well, to it, it, it can be a bit of everything, but yeah, exactly that. Once we can breathe into that space, you release that tension and the, the, the body, so I'm jumping around a little bit, but the body doesn't really have an idea of time. We're going really deep now. It's the time happens in the mind. We like go, that was the, yesterday, that was two weeks ago, that was three weeks ago. The body is just energy in the moment. And what I mean by that, I know that sounds very abstract, but our body's made of cells. Cells are made of atoms. Atoms are just different densities of energy. The seat that we're sat on, the bones in our body is a bit denser. If we've created tension to stop our energy flow, then we create tension in our body and the body's holding on like it's happening right now. It says like right now that is still happening. So once we release that, the body lets go and the breath resets itself. So it can be quite a powerful um, reset for for people when they when they feel like they are stuck in a certain way or stuck in a certain way of behavior. Um, I share early on in the book, like a feeling. If if our breath is triggered by our feeling and triggers our feeling and a feeling lasts a week, we call it a mood. And that mood then, then lasts months, we call it a temperament. And a temperament that lasts years, we say, is our personality. So when we go backwards, we find out, well, that all happened by the way I was breathing in that moment. So we can actually access parts of ourselves that we thought were just about personality. I mean, there's more to our personality than just our breath in those moments, but we can start to change. When people say, I'm, I'm just this type of person, or I'm just, 
I'm just an anxious person. A lot of people say that that's just me. And in some cases, of course, we can have an anxiety disorder, just, I mean, which is separate from that kind of low level anxiety that happens daily. But a lot of the times it can be fixed and it can be fixed by something as simple as breathing, which blows my mind because we're often searching for this magic thing outside ourselves. And that was, that was certainly the case with me with cancer. Um, looking at the, like, what can we use? What can we find? What can we, and there is, sounds so cliche, but we have this magic thing within us that regulates how we feel, regulates our emotion, regulates our energy, calms us down when we need to go to sleep. So allowing yourself to feel into that and get better at feeling whatever it is that's caused your breath to close up. And if that brings tears to the surface, I just celebrate those tears, allow them to flow, let them go. And um, once you move through that, your breath will reset itself. Do I need to do this publicly or like, how can I do it at home? We need to do one of your workshops. Yeah, but it's just going to make me sit and cry. Am I going to just be like a wreck? That's but, fine. I can be a wreck. Yeah. Um, in, in our workshops, there's a lot of a lot of cathartic release, a lot of tears, um, a lot of emotion of all sorts. It can be quite wild yeah. in that room, but it's a safe space to do it. And that's what it, I guess, comes back down to. We are, do live in our world where it's not always appropriate to feel. And we do have meetings that we can't burst out and cry or we don't feel it's safe to burst out crying on a podcast or whatever it is. It's about, well, can I... Can I create a safe space to do this? In Breathe In, Breathe Out, for this kind of deeper release, I break it down to a 10-minute practice for 40 days. So can I do a certain type of breath practice that evokes this shift to allow ourselves to feel, to create this um, expansion in our breath and breathe into the spaces we close down using a few um, mind tools as well. So using words or phrases that resonate that will start to help release some of those points. Um, but ultimately going through a process like that, creating a safe space to do it and creating that dedicated time and practice for 40 days to allow yourself to feel, to work through it. And and afterwards we'll just feel a lot better. And that's that's the beauty of this stuff. I'm sold, I'm gonna do it. How do yeah. I do it? How do I, I don't know how yeah, I do it. I'll you need the book. Is, is that, yeah, I've got the book. Have you yeah. converted a skeptic? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's actually like, it's really distressing. Well, not distressing, but when you sit here, it's like, I can feel so that it's not happening. Like I can feel there's two halves of my body and I'm literally only, no wonder I hate it. Cause it's like my breath only goes so far. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I would like to be able to breathe the whole way through my body. I feel like that would be good for me. So yeah, I'm con consider me converted. Yeah, okay, I'm going to breathe now. Yeah. 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 Can we go to work? Can we come to one of your workshops? Workshops, work through the book as well. You've, you've got the copy and, and just working through that process, getting in there daily. The workshop is great because we dive in quite deep and we have a reset and it's a bit like control, alt, delete on your computer, like the, the brain-breath connection has a reset. The likelihood is, like if you go and see, uh, I don't know, a chiropractor or fix your spine, but then you're stretched for something a few days later and it'll pop back where it was, was from. So you, it's really about your home practice. And yes, coming to a workshop will be amazing. You have a big release and, and a very powerful release, like I did. That's why I'm here and, and doing what I'm doing now. But then it's back down to you to make sure your breath is opening and flowing and, and using it as a, as a practice in the morning to set yourself up for the day. 
So make sure, I often say as well to, the, to, to skeptical people, I'm like, well, if you're doing something 20,000 times a day, you want to know if you're doing it right. Yeah. Or if you could do it a that's, little bit more efficiently. Yeah, that's yeah. what I feel like almost embarrassed about. I'm like, oh my God, I just have to keep doing it badly now. Like how annoying, like just to go and like, how embarrassing just to be You, really you don't need to keep on doing it badly because we've okay. already had a little shift in this short yeah, time yeah. together. So it's like anything, like riding a bike or driving your car, like you can do it so unconsciously. And it's about how do I practice consciously to make that an unconscious process mm. so with something like our breathing our body does want us to be in a balanced calm relaxed optimal state so it does move quite quickly but it's it's then not falling back into old habits so that just happens if we I like to just jump on someone's shoulder like a little parrot and just be there saying, remember to breathe in your belly using your nose. Um, And that's, again, what the book's there for, like for your anchor to come back to, pick up the book, be reminded that, oh, as you read the book, am I breathing the right way as I'm reading? Have you even thought about it before? Can I then bring that into my day, into my conversations? What happens when I, in a moment of conflict, what's happening to my breathing? Is it gone all real tight and tense? I'm trying not to punch somebody in the face or start to get really, really aware. And that awareness, which I can see you've definitely got now, there's almost too much awareness over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm hyper-focused on it now. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. But once we have that that real awareness and bring that into our day, then with awareness, we have a choice and we can make a positive change. And that's what's so empowering because it's you making a positive change by you taking control of your breath. And if you take control of your breath or let go of control of your breath, I know that sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but letting go of the reason that you held on in the first place, then um, everything will just start to flow. And and, and that's ultimately what I teach and and what the book is all about as well. Amazing. And it's really cool that people can access that via the book um and it's it's on amazon it's called breathe in breathe out yeah um we're gonna put it put a link in the show notes as well and you are on instagram at breath pod at breath pod everyone go follow him and you do live sessions on do yeah do lots of live sessions uh we do morning sessions on instagram like 30 minutes in the morning to start your day, which might be a good place You'll to- you to, to see you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, 7, 7.30 a.m. till 8. Stunning. Um, Can you do it when you're out and about? Or do you, you got to be sitting at home? It's funny because it's <laughs> it's got a business called BreathPod and the, the Instagram handle is BreathPod. But there's a really nice community. I started doing the live sessions during COVID on lock, in lockdown, I thought, let's just do some sessions to help empower people to start their day and, and feel good. And there's built this beautiful sense of community as well there. So we have sort of three to 500 people all breathing together every morning. And everybody's kind of like, hey, if somebody feels a bit anxious, everyone's high-fiving and saying, we're there. And it's such a, a nice way to start the day. Um some people also do it through like, I'm in the cab, I'm on the way to work. And people are breathing, oh. doing these different exercises, not just sat at home. Well, Some people are in their yeah, bed. Yeah. Some people are that's out and about. That's what I struggle go. with, like d- setting time. That's why I never got on with yoga or anything, because I just can't be bothered to just like sit at home and... You can do it on your walk. Exactly. If yeah. I can yeah. do it on a walk, then I'll be 100%. Fine. And that's the beauty of it, is you're doing it already. So if you're doing it already can I just be more aware of how I'm doing it in different situations? Whether that is 
a reminder when you go to the toilet or whether you walk to the other room, kind of make sure I'm breathing in a certain way. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been so cool, I think, for Emma especially. This is kind of a... I'm going through something. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Unlocked a new world <laughs> that we're gonna that we're gonna need a moment to explore here. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, everyone, go buy Stuart's book. The link is in the show notes, and we'll see you all for the live episode. The, live, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the nice morning. the nice thing about the book as well is the audio version. We do full exercises. Ah, amazing, stunning. So downloading it. Yeah. So the the actual book book. It's got visuals and then the audiobook, instead of in the book where it says, repeat this four times, in the audiobook, we have the ex- exercises full form where I'm actually running through the exercises as if we're doing them together. That's cool. Yeah, okay, that's, that's good. Okay, I'm going to get the audiobook as well. Perfect. Amazing. We're going to be so good at breathing out. So good at breathing. <laughs> yeah. Smash life. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I Thanks, Stuart. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAST Creator Network. <laughs>